Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello. Welcome to the Turning of the Bones podcast. Once again, back at you. Sitting down for a nice little chat. I'm your host, Colby Marie. It is, it's pretty nice to be here. I'm not gonna lie. I'm really happy to be sitting down in my little uh, recording corner. Got my little pillow fort made. It's been one of those lovely mornings here in Colorado where you wake up and it's like 45 and sunrise is the high for the day. And then one of these winter fronts blows in and the sky is now gray and the trees are starting to do a little frigid dance as the as they eagerly await the snow just like me a little frigid dance here in my uh, recording chair on my my ergonomic stool for my lumbar support and engaging my core i have a beautiful cup of coffee i've been doing chores all morning and feels really great. Been cleaning the house a little bit. I uh, have a routine of doing a little tidy before I start recording this podcast. I've talked before about how important routine is for me. <clears throat> and I think really all of us some structure some free time. But uh, for me, sitting down and uh, recording this is pretty challenging if I haven't tidied up my apartment. And so started a couple loads of laundry gonna wash all my bedding and I know you're saying to yourself Colby why do I want to hear about your chores (laughs) and the truth is you probably don't because you probably have your own chores to do but this week's podcast is gonna be a bit of a rant I think it's gonna be a bit of a an exploration a verbal processing an audio odyssey into just I think some of the I'm just going to be pretty frank some of the fucking frustration and anger that we all might be feeling right now coming off the holidays coming into the new year we've got this Omicron spike it's like everybody and their dog is sick and businesses are reeling the CDC is giving confusing information And I think that we're kind of, you know, Kroger's and King Supers are on strike, you know, places we get our foods, the people who, you know, who are essential workers uh, are on strike. And I just want to rant for a bit so that maybe, you know, in hopes you can give yourself some permission to rant, some permission to try to explore and understand all this insanity. And if you don't feel like doing that, Go have a walk. Go take 
go, go have a little sit, take a little meditation, listen to some relaxing music. But uh, I've been just thinking a lot this week about, <clears throat> I mean, just shit, so many things. Um, I've been thinking about my experience as a teacher and uh, unreasonable expectations and how the educational system is broken. I've been thinking about how capitalism is revealing its flaws, um, which have always been there. And I just have been a bit overwhelmed. And I think maybe you are too. And I've been feeling just a little bit on edge. Um, I've been doing a pretty good job with my mindfulness routine in the morning, with my structure work been productive but uh i just I've, I've been seeing it in the streets i had a couple people come at me really aggressively when i was walking my dog the other day i saw this woman this morning with a dog it really upset at someone for just kind of small things and i think you know we're all just on edge um and we've been on edge for a really really long time i saw this TikTok this week and it was a therapist basically saying that like no one's doing okay and I know we've said that for a long time but to hear it from a therapist like the therapist was saying like I can't take this away from you we are all in the middle of experiencing trauma <clears throat> um, whether it's from the pandemic whether it's late stage capitalism whether it's you know inflation food prices are going up I mean it's just it's like looking pretty fucking bleak. And so today, maybe we can have some what the fuck jokes and just connect around like literally what the fuck. And so my first what the fuck was this whole CDC thing about, um, I saw this interview with the director of the CDC. Um, and I'm not even gonna mention her name cause it's not really important. It's just like an interchangeable figurehead that does whatever big business and, uh, you know, the politicians that support big business. So basically, you know, stating that all of these deaths from Omicron and this kind of push to like keep going to work, I'm sure you've seen all the memes just ridiculing the hell out of this. Um, but just like, yeah, we need to keep, keep working and keep our heads down. And the people who are being disproportionately affected by this, um, you know, and I heard the CDC thing and it was a lot of jargon and it was a lot of uh, <clears throat> masking, you know, what's really going on. And basically they were saying that um, the people who are dying have four or more co comorbidities. It's a really hard one to say. Comorbidities, which basically means they have four or more prevailing health needs. It could be diabetes, it could be chronic illness, it could be any number of things, heart disease, overweight, um, all of these things, which, which and also, um, you know, disabled people um, quite frequently. You know, I work with adults with Downs, and they would have more than one. Some of them have diabetes and Downs and heart, you know, sensitive hearts and breathing issues. Anyhow, so we're talking about disabled people, and we're talking about disenfranchised populations. And the way that she said it was okay, like, what we're seeing here is that people with four or more comorbidities are the ones who are dying. Like, it's okay to throw these people away. And that's fucked up. And if you're having 
a reaction to that right now. You're having an appropriate human response to watching our government and big business like literally throw people away and literally say profit over people. There's the famous Noam Chomsky book that breaks a lot of this shit down in a really intellectual way. But it's more important for these businesses to keep making money than for these people to, to keep living. And I think it's these moments where we have to stop and pause and really look at what we value and where we are and what capitalism is doing to BIPOC people, to disabled people. You know, most of those numbers were, uh, you know, disproportionate for indigenous people or Hispanic people or black people or disabled people. And so capitalism is willing to throw these people away as an acceptable loss to keep the fucking system going. And that to me, I don't care who you are. You can't tell me that's okay. And you can't tell me that our leaders have our best interest in mind if they're doing that. To me, that's like a kid playing a board game being like, oh, it's okay, I lost a couple checkers, but I, I kept my kings, and my kings are going to hop all over all your checkers and take all your checkers. It's not, it's, it, it, it reduces humanity and each one of those people on those spreadsheets to just a number. And that's not okay, because we're all beautiful, infinite loci of awareness like we all have these experiences and so that's my first little rant and just like what the fuck today capitalism <laughs> um and then you know if you haven't heard there's a a pretty large strike going on with kroger uh, king supers one of the largest food retailers in the nation because of their labor practices and the ways in which these companies that are seeing huge profits during the pandemic are continuing to treat their their employees poorly and not pay them livable wages and not give them health care and you know these are essential workers and i don't know about you but when i was hearing essential workers at the beginning of the pandemic two years ago i was thinking oh firefighters and nurses and first responders but if you really think about it the people working in grocery stores are also essential workers and they've been in harm's way as long as anybody else. And they continue to be paid, you know, starvation wages, um, experience food scarcity, get treated like shit at work. Um, and so now they're striking. And the corporations, once again, that really, that huge buzzword, the corporations aren't meeting their labor unions. And so unions and the power that we had as employees has essentially been removed. And now, um, you know, these people are out there striking in the cold. I see them around Denver. So don't cross the fucking picket lines. Don't, don't shop at King Supers. Don't shop at Kroger's. And this is definitely a rant. And I'm sorry if this is a uh, doesn't have the same tone as my other podcast but you know what there's this fiery energy out there and i'm just gonna ride the wave because i think that denying that this stuff is fucked up or saying you know putting forth straw man arguments like well what else is better um you know really juvenile ways to look at these problems um just isn't gonna work we have to look at the how and the why which i'm gonna get to so stick around um, because I have some ideas 
And these aren't like fully cooked ideas. These are things for us to chew on. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about this morning. I'm trying to record a podcast, do something I love. I'm gigging. I'm working four different jobs. And on a work day, to keep my life going, I need to do laundry and, you know, the vacuuming didn't need to be done today, but it makes me feel good before I get to work. We all need a little ritual before we get on stage. But, like, just the fact that I have to squeeze these things in. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day, and the 40-hour work week wasn't designed. It was designed for uh, a two-person household in which one of the people were working and the other person was taking care of the rest of shit. And now we're at this place where we've been kind of tricked into thinking that we can like do it all, have it all. You know, how many TV shows in the last 10 or 20 years have made fun of this? Like 30 Rock or The Office. Um, these like, this ridiculous expectation that you can work a 40 hour week get all of your life stuff done like clean your house shop grocery shop and take care of your health eat well and that that's all you're supposed to do is just be this good little producer it's like being a character in somebody else's video game and i'm just fucking over it i'm not gonna do it i haven't done it for a long time and it's unreasonable and we've been tricked into thinking that that's like somehow a part of our value you know like I still struggle with this, like with the podcast. It's not financially like feasible for me just to do this. You know, I spend a lot of time on it each week. Um, I work really hard at it, but if I were to measure this by, you know, capitalist standards of success, this is this podcast is an utter failure. I hardly make any money. I made four hundred dollars last year off this after taxes and that's you know, I'm super grateful for each one of my patrons it's really amazing to have a podcast in its first year making money uh, without advertising I'm not at all ungrateful it's just one measure of success isn't going to, to it's going to say that this isn't valuable right where if I, I change the way I look at it look at how I've grown and healed and what I'm offering this this podcast is the slam dunk success of my life this podcast is, you know, the trophy I would put on my mantle. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's really like, you know, you've probably heard the thing, like if you judge a, a fish by its ability to climb a tree, then, you know, how's the fish ever going to succeed? And this is something <clears throat> I've thought a lot about in terms of ex, uh, like education and my experience and you know you can there's tons of stuff out there you can read about the one percent i mean this shit goes back to these arguments go back to cicero i was researching this podcast yesterday and i was like oh you know it's kind of crazy like it's kind of like we're all just like indentured servants to these you know one percent these bigger companies and they don't really care about us and our government doesn't really care and they're going to back the companies because everybody believes that free market capitalism is like this organism that just has to like go out there and live and breathe but they're actually fucking powerful people who don't think about 
you know, the working class, like their people. Um, there was this interview on Fox News with a couple wealthy people, and the way they were talking about people on welfare or, you know, just average wage laborers was just appalling, like comparing them to dogs using, um, it was just ridiculous. And, you know, like those kind of people that are like, my grandmother during the Great Depression worked, da, 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 she wouldn't be having this, why, you're just complaining and you're lazy, like that kind of shit, or like this guy who's like, uh, you know what they do in Germany, like when they're training dogs is they starve them because a hungry dog is an obedient dog. And they're talking about human being, like workers and people in poverty. And so like, there's this disconnect from rich people and how they think about the rest of us. And it's not okay. Um, sorry, that was a little tangent. It's got a little hot about that one. That one really got me fired up this week. Um, but back to the point about, you know, I think since it doesn't seem like the outside world is changing, for me, the lesson from all this is like learning how to ever, how I refer to myself internally. And when I was teaching, you know, you hear this thing, if you, if you grade a fish on its ability to climb trees, it's always going to fail, right? And it's this idea of opening up educators' minds to diverse students and, you know, there are different types of learners, there's auditory, there's kinesthetic, there's uh, visual, there's combinations thereof, and that, you know, it, it gets people ready for this truth. Like I had a student, one of my uh, students I was the closest to was this young, young man named Andy, and he's a fucking genius. Like this is one of the smartest kids. From the time I met him in ninth grade, I was like, this kid is smart as a fucking, like he is on it. Um, but he had extreme neurodivergence and dyslexia and like people would judge him by his ability to read when he could understand the concepts auditorily but if you gave him a test with writing on it it would take him 10 minutes to unpack a sentence and this wasn't for like lack of effort or like poor instruction like this kid just had something in his brain that kept words and letters moving around but if you talked him through it or you showed him a movie, this kid would have deep insights about the movie and the characters and the themes and their motivations. And he's a young man now, so I should update that. But uh, so it kind of gets, it, it's unreasonable expectations. And I think that's what capitalism is. You know, it's, it's, it's a, the teacher that, that gives everybody the test, the same test and expects them all to succeed no matter where they're at, you know, and not the unreasonable expectations of capitalism are that we can manage all of our personal life, right? And now we're being told that self-care is your responsibility. And there's this like multi-billion self-care industry that's also making us feel guilty if we don't take care of ourselves. So it's like, where are you supposed to find the time? Energy is finite. You know, we only have so much gas in the tank. Um, And so, like, the expectation is too high. And so one thing I noticed when I was teaching is if you set the, and I know this from my experience as a student, if you set the expectation too high, people shut down, people get depressed, people get anxious, people act out. And if you think about what's going on in America especially, it's like you've got mental health crisis, anxiety, depression, 
you know, pharmaceuticals are being prescribed like insanely, right? Like no knock against you needing pharmaceuticals. I've used them. But like if you look at we keep putting bandages on a deeper a deeper cancer, right? Like we can't we can't do this. And then we blame ourselves cuz society keeps telling us that you're not going to be safe. It plays on our biggest fears, fear of death, fear of starvation, of isolation. And so in like think about a class you had where you weren't set up to succeed think about a teacher you had that really didn't set you up for success that it was just kind of like their way or the highway and that's kind of basically what capitalism is you know and we've been tricked into like playing this game you know i hate i hate it drives me insane when i hear the word like adulting like you've been tricked into thinking that like playing the part of cat the capitalistic game is like uh, somehow like a badge of honor like you should just have time to do your laundry or go to the store or go buy some new furniture or spend time with your family or pay taxes like you shouldn't have to work 40 hours a week and then spend your whole weekend doing taxes and wonder why you're edgy with your partner or your family or you feel burnt out um uh, yeah, it's a tough one, guys. I don't, you know, I don't get really fired up on this podcast. I try to keep it pretty even, but I think it'd be dishonest for me this week. Because this stuff's hard, so, you know, <laughs> you're not alone out there and feeling like this is hard. I don't think the game was set up for us to to succeed. And so... I'm going to take a little pause here. I'm going to come back. On the other side of this, I'm going to talk about the flow state and how uh, how we learn, how we thrive, and how the flow state, uh, you know, is pretty, like, it's not your fault that it's unavailable inside of capitalism, or it's not your fault that it was unavailable inside of your school experience. Um, and so stick around if you'd like a little compassion and empathy about how hard this is. Um, can do a quick little pause. Uh, crowdfunded podcast. You all know the deal. Like, subscribe, um, share it with a friend. It really means so much to me. You guys all listening out there. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, thank you for following. Thank you to my patrons. If you feel like you could support this podcast financially, that means the world. Go over to uh, www.patreon.com forward slash turning of the bones. Uh, you can go to my website, turningofthebones.com, and uh, yeah, leave a review on iTunes, share it with a friend, share it on social media. All that stuff is extraordinarily helpful. I uh, really appreciate it. So I can uh, get some peanuts to get out there and play this, play this game. And uh, so this next part I want to talk about is uh, the flow state and kind of how we learn how we learn best, uh, how important the flow state is for us. Uh, this was first made famous by Chick Sentmahai in the 90s. Um, and the flow state, for those of you who don't know, it's, you know, if you've been like, 
painting or singing or dancing or, you know, it could be doing math or a Sudoku or a crossword, but you kind of, you hit this, this, uh, there's no real sense of self. You're not thinking about like the future or the past. You're just kind of really in the present, like fully engaged in the moment. And uh, a lot of this, uh, the way I'll be talking about it, I learned from John Verveke in Awakening from the Meaning Crisis. Um, but I remember hearing about the flow state like 10 years ago and being really intrigued by it. Um, we have created flow state induction machines, uh, they're video games basically. And so to enter the flow state, basically uh, Chick sent my made a graph. Uh, and on the x-axis, so on the bottom, are your skills. And so starting at zero, you have zero skills. And then on the y-axis going up are the challenges or how demanding the situation is. And so the idea is, is to, to be in the flow state. Your skills need to meet the challenges. And so the idea is, is if, you know, let me think about something. So if you're just learning to skateboard and you're pushing and you've figured out how to push, like, you know, going really slow and one day you're like, oh, I wonder what it's like to push a little faster. And so your skills, your balance has gotten to a place where you can kind of stand on the board, you can kind of ride it a little bit, but now you're ready to like give it a good push and really see what it feels like when you're moving. And so your skills have increased, you've gotten the ability to push, you've gotten the ability to stand on the board, you've gotten the ability to get off the board. Um, so now you're going to increase the demand and you push five times and now you're, you're both feet are on the board and you're rolling down the street. And so as your skills got better, now, now you're, the demand is getting better. So now you have to deal with the speed and look for obstacles and make sure there are no cracks in the sidewalk. And so if, if you hit the sweet spot there, then you can kind of get into the flow state and that's kind of where your sense of self dissolves. Um, and so, if your skills can just meet the demand of the activity. Um, so I, I quite frequently get into the flow state when I'm report, recording this podcast. It's like keeping a train of thought, keeping a consistent tone, using the information and knowledge that I've gotten about how, like how to physically record the podcast with the equipment and then also the intellectual pieces of rehearsing and doing the research. Quite frequently when I do this podcast, I'm in the flow state because the demand of doing this straight through in a one-shot take, making sense, getting to a point, keeping it cohesive, keeping it the right amount of time, working through the pacing, all of that, you know, the, the challenge of doing that meets my skills where I'm at today. And, you know, someday it could get a little harder and maybe I'll do it in front of a live audience and my skills will have to increase because I'll have to learn how to talk with bright lights in my face or, you know, so you can think about anything in your life where the skills meet the demands of the situation and you get into the flow state. But the important thing to remember here is that if your skills exceed the demand, so if you're too good at something, 
for the, the, the context of the situation, this would be like, let's say you were a brilliant mathematician and somebody asked you to do basic accounting. You'd probably get bored because your skills outweigh the demand of the situation. And if the demand of the situation, let's say you're not very good at math and you get a job as an accountant, then you feel anxiety. And so just think back to any time in your life where you were in school and this happened to you, whether you fell into boredom because it was too easy or you felt anxiety because it was too hard. So for me, like I felt anxiety in every math class. It was too hard. I didn't have the skills, and so I would get anxious. <clears throat> when I was anxious, I would act out. I would shut down. You know, common symptoms for, you know, common coping mechanisms for uncomfortable emotions. Um, and so uh, 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 also I'd fall into boredom, and that would get me into trouble too. Like it was either shit was too hard or shit was too easy for me, and I just couldn't help but be in trouble in high school. Um, but it wasn't me. There wasn't anything wrong with me. It was the context of the situation. Like the, the instruction wasn't meeting me where I was. Um, and so, you know, think about capitalism here. Like the demands of capitalism, like are too much for any of us. You know, I, I know some people um, who can get into the flow state by keeping their life together, but they eventually crash. Like they eventually have like a burnout or a huge, you know, kind of emotional or physical breakdown where like someone who's really good at getting into the flow. I have this friend who's a mother of three and she's just a fucking boss. Like she owns three properties. She's always helping friends. She's raising her kids, navigating a relationship with her ex, uh, runs a program for Denver public schools. I mean, you know, that kind of like hashtag hustler life where it's like, damn, this person's a boss, but like this person, I imagine will have emotional and health crashes periodically because they're just doing too much. But in the meantime, like she can really live inside of the flow channel because juggling all of that stuff feels good to her. And you know, for some people, great, get out there and get it. That's not all of us. Um, but for most of us, I think the demands of like just doing your chores, basic hygiene, having a job that, you know, and then inside of your job, think about your job. Your job is also probably not offering you too many, you know, it's either probably too easy or too hard. So you're either bored or stressed, you know, and then capitalism teaches us to internalize that. Like there's something wrong with us and we should get on a medicine if we're too bored or, you know, take an SSRI if we're too anxious. And so like, in really good learning situations, you need an environment. And a successful learning environment is where as your skills improve, the challenges improve. And so as a special educator, I worked with a lot of individual students to try to help them, to meet them where they were. Um, which was a great experience of understanding this this concept for me is that if if you told me to paint an oil painting today like I have some ability to paint but I would get super anxious because it would be too hard but if you taught me how to do like a couple color blends today you know that would meet me where I was 
inside. So that would be a good learning situation for me. So I think the important thing, the reason why I was thinking about this in the context of capitalism is that like, where do I want to go with this? That the capitalism is the demand always, the demand for like keeping our lives going exceeds our skills. And it, it not only exceeds our skills, it exceeds our capacity. You know, even if we had all the skills, you know, to be good at our taxes, to be good at doing laundry, to be good at washing dishes, to be good at cooking, to be good at shopping, to be good at organizing, to be good at filing. And I haven't even gotten to work yet. This is just managing a house. To be good at paying rent, to be good at having a bank account, to be good at da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know. And then you you are supposed to spend 40 hours a week. Um, you know, just think about the King Supers employees. You know, learning, you know, earning almost nothing. You know, starvation wages. You can't live in Denver or pay rent off $15 an hour. Just impossible. You, you really can't do it for $25 an hour. You probably, 35 an hour, you'd be living check to check here. Um, and so the, the context and capacity of a human being to accomplish that is it, it's like asking a, a second grader to take a trigonometry test for all of us, you know, it's too much. And so I really want to like this rant, I think in my anger really comes from like there's something about the way that we think about this stuff that makes us internalize it and pathologize ourselves. Like we're lazy or we don't know how good we have it or, you know, like that argument in my generation. Um, you know, capitalism traumatizes us all. I'm going to say that again because it's true. Capitalism is traumatic for all of us because it doesn't really take into account our humanity. Our job is to produce and consume. Produce and consume so that, you know, the 1% can make money off of our production and consumption. And that's, you know, the market doesn't sort itself out and just redistribute wealth. It never has. This argument goes back to Cicero when he was uh, arguing about uh, wage slavery in uh, Greece. It's been argued for the last thousand years. This is something that we've known about. And, you know, I don't have the answers, but I think that understanding this stuff about human nature and how we learn and how we flow and how we find meaning could help us move towards creating a system that could work better. Um, and maybe that's impossible. Maybe the only thing I can do, I mean, truly the only thing I have control over is how I let that affect how I see myself and how I see other people and how I see the world. And I'm going to say that again, like the only thing I have control over inside of all of that is my response to it. And it's taken me, I spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff and trying to understand 
the psychological inconsistencies of self-hatred or anxiety. And I think that capitalism is a system and an ideology, right? This isn't like, I'm not arguing against Adam Smith. I'm arguing against how this has affected us. And I'm, I've seen, you know, I, I, we, we pathologize ourselves. We think that we're failures. You know, I, I remember having students that would tell me, Mr. I just, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to die because in school they tell you if you don't get these grades and you don't get this degree, you're not going to get a job. And what anybody knows who's gotten through high school or college or a master's is that any of those degrees just show that you're, to an employer, that you're more trainable. Like, let's, 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 Let's think about that. That's really inhumane. Like, I have a higher level of being able to train, be trained. I have a higher level of being able to exhaust myself in a master's program, working in a school, teaching, going to class at night. I have passed a new, you know, capitalist milestone of self-deprecation, of, you know, really sacrificing myself to something that doesn't give a shit about me. And uh, I'm 45 now and I don't, I don't think these ideas are new, but I, I really, I can't, I, it, it troubles me and it hurts me that so many of us are suffering from it. And not just like, you know, I've got it better than a lot of people. And I'm still $80,000 in debt. I, I don't have two pennies to rub together, which is fine. I'm doing what I love. and It's like I'm, I'm digging this life, but like I'm not winning at capitalism. I, I think what I'm winning at and the success that I've had in the last five years since I've stepped out of this is that I've quit thinking it was my fault. I've quit internalizing it as like a character defect or a neurological problem or a value problem and just come to realize that there's like there's a psychological virus inside of capitalism and colonial thought and it's hurting us all and I'm sorry that it's hurt you guys you know if you made it through this podcast bless your hearts this has been a rant <laughs> this is this has been a rant. And so I hope that at the end of this, you can, you know, be easy on yourself, you know, for being tired, to respect your body, you know, respect the intelligence of your body. If, it, if it's anxious or feeling something or tired, like, yeah, we can overrun that with our mind and work ourselves into the grave, never having truly lived or never truly having had a relationship. And that's just not something I want. So all that being said, happy fucking Friday. Um, oh my God, the five day work week, so dumb. Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah had this really great thing about like how stupid the five day work week was. And that's something maybe we can get into another time. I want to leave it there. Uh, but I hope that you all can like, just be easy on yourself because this system, isn't set up to help you um, and all we can do is like be easy on ourselves and others and kind of understand how 
the social these these aspects of social programming have like you know they're they're computers like they're programs and they run in our brains and we can see which ones have viruses and we can see which ones have you know that we've internalized and they've affected how we see ourselves and the world and others how we place value on things how they affect our beliefs and you know you can do that through mindfulness reading chatting about it any number of things meditation anything that helps you get in the flow state the flow state really helps uh increase your ability to have insights and i'm gonna leave that there because uh it's pretty cool the more you get into the flow state the more uh the more connections your brain can make and the more likely it is that you have insights about the patterning of reality and so i'm gonna leave you there hope you have a beautiful day however this finds you hope you can be easy on yourself um don't be mad at yourself for not being good at chess when you're uh, actually playing Monopoly. Um, <laughs> and yeah, meet yourself where you are. Love you all. Hope you all have a lovely day. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Bye now.